for listening to the Life Church Boise weekly podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for any other messages or other resources, please visit us at lcboise.com. Let me tell you guys, first of all, about next week. All right. I know it's still this week, but I'm already excited about next week. And... Uh, and that's because next week I'm going to start something new, a new series that's uh, separate and distinct from the last one and today, of course. Uh, one of the things that I really don't like to do is, is to overstate things. I don't like to make all-inclusive statements when not all are inclusive, you know what I mean when you say always, never, this is it, <laughs> this is the only, you know, uh, because often, you know, that's kind of hype. However, there are times when always and never apply, right? There are times, and this is one of them, that I believe everything fits. And so next week, I want to start, and here's what it's called, This Fixes Everything. All right? See that pretty graphic? <laughs> this fixes everything. Say, that's quite a statement. What is this? I'm not telling you yet, but I, <laughs> I will tell you next week. And I'm, I'm, I'm stirred in my heart about this, about this and how it, it fixes everything. We really do have a secret potion a master key to everything, and uh, I'm not going to tell you next week, okay, here's the answer, it's Jesus, <laughs> all right, uh, he, well, he is the answer uh, to so many things, but that's not the answer to the question or the this, it is something else that's going to, going to be fun, everybody good, all right, you can come next time three times if you want, or <laughs> Or pick your service. 1.30 is the, my favorite service of the day. Yeah, I can say that because the other people are gone. If you brought a Bible with you today or have a Bible app on your phone, got a, an iPad with a Bible app, find 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter. And I want to share with you today about the power of a resurrected life. Are you ready for this? You see, the resurrection is intended to have a direct impact upon our lives. Not just in eternity, that's of course first and foremost and the most important thing of all, but it is intended, it is designed to have an immediate here and now impact upon our lives. Um, I had an experience uh, years ago, an experience that really had a deep impact on my life. It, it, it changed things in a very, very positive way. And it, it, what, what it is, some of you might be surprised at how this took place. And I'm going to come back to that and share that with you in a little bit after I uh, go through some things here in the Word of God. So 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, notice with me verse 12. 
It reads, Now if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty, and your faith is also empty. Yes, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that He raised up Christ, whom, if He did not raise, who He did not raise up, if in fact the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. So that's bad news, basically. If Jesus isn't raised from the dead, we are wasting our time, yeah, because nothing else will do it. Uh, like you said, our faith is futile. So we, we, could, we could say it this way. If uh, a, person, a person can believe in God, a person could believe in Jesus, a person could believe a lot of things, but if they don't believe he's raised from the dead, they're still lost. Huh? Uh, the other beliefs are fine and they're good and they're, they're, they're necessary. But if you don't believe that he was raised from the dead, it's all futile. Yeah. You, you could go on further. You could say, uh, if a person believes that God is the creator, well, that's a good thing. Uh, but if a person believes that God is love, if a person believes that... Um, that he loves them, and he, he's a miracle-working God, a person believes in heaven and hell, fine, all correct and true, but if someone doesn't believe that Jesus was raised from the dead, none of the rest of that will, will, will save them, will impact them. Are you with me today? See, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus is paramount in all of our beliefs, we must. It is the kicker that causes everything else to work. Now, there's a reason for this resurrection. And the reason is not that God needed one. The reason is not that Jesus needed a resurrection. In fact, he didn't need a resurrection. He was always alive. You know, before he gave his life. You understand, going back prior to this. God's master plan of Jesus dying and being raised from the dead was not for his benefit. It was for our benefit. Living people don't need resurrected. Dead people do. All right? And so the whole purpose of this resurrection was to produce resurrection life in people like me who were spiritually dead or separated from God. I needed a resurrection. You needed or need, one of the two, a resurrection in your life. And so that was the reason that Jesus came to do all that he did. I love this verse over in Ephesians chapter 2. It, uh, it, it says this in Ephesians chapter 2, uh, even when we were dead in trespasses, uh, he made us alive together with Christ. Notice that language, together with Christ. By grace you've been saved and raised us up, what? Together. And made us to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So what was the deal? What was the problem? There were people like me who needed to be made alive, needed to be raised up, and needed to have a good seat. 
in heavenly places, far above all the junk, right? Who was, who was that? It wasn't God. It wasn't the Lord Jesus, but it was me. So he came and took the place of a dead person, right? Took on sin, took on the curse, became what I was, so that together he could, when he was raised, I could go with him. I couldn't just go there on my own. I could not be made alive. I could not be raised up. And I could not be seated next to the Father. I could do none of that on my own. But if he came down and took my place when he was resurrected, he could take me with him. I needed a ride. I needed a lift. You know, I needed some help. And so I was able to be placed in a position far beyond my wildest dreams because he came and took me with him. For his benefit? No, for my benefit. And so God's eternal plan, even regarding the resurrection of Jesus that we celebrate this day, has always been not for himself, not for the Son, but it is for people who were spiritually dead that needed resurrection power in them. Okay, so knowing that, where does this go from here? If a person has received eternal life, they've been born again, then they have resurrection power in them, but I'm, here, here's, where, here's where I want you to see this. God still wants to take that residing, abiding resurrection power beyond the spiritual level. So it then affects not only a person's spirit, but their, also their soul and their body. And that is why he established a whole bunch of different practices and things that we would participate in in life, it was to make resurrection power that Jesus provided that abides in the believer to come out and manifest in their soul and in their body. Do you understand when we say manifest what that means? Uh, every child of God has the right and the access to all the promises of God. All his provision, all his power, all his blessings, all his love, all his favor, everything. It's not for a select few. They're all available to everyone. And they belong to every believer. However, there is a difference in having a right to something or having something by position and having something as a manifest reality in your existence. Meaning, I walk in this. It's in me every day. I use it. I benefit from it. It's a part of my life. Other people can see it. They don't understand it, but it's observable. It's, it's known by me, okay? And here's what, what the Spirit of God wants to do is take what is available to everyone and make it real to everyone in a real-life sense, okay? And so he has established quite a few things to that end that would make it happen, okay? But if I don't use this or take advantage of this, of all his love and power, then it's a waste. I don't want to be someone that's wasting any part of the resurrection. And if he was resurrected for a whole bunch of stuff, all for my benefit, the more I take advantage of that, the more he's glorified, the more he's like, oh, good, at least somebody's using that. Don't you hate for stuff to go to waste? Man, I paid a lot of money for that. It's just sitting on the counter. <laughs> Amen. It's like a, if 
I imagine some of you have power going into your house. Anybody have electricity where you live? All right, thank <laughs> if, uh, if you never plugged anything into the socket, if, if you never flipped a, a light switch on, how many know you're wasting, that power is not doing you any good? You're wasting that power. It's, it's, uh, it's not of benefit. Maybe that's a better way to say it. It's not of any benefit to you unless you plug in an appliance, unless you flip on the switch and turn on the light. Uh, but it doesn't mean that it's not there. And likewise, someone could live life, and there's no shortage of God's love and power and grace, but there are sometimes a shortage of people who know where the switch is. And individuals living just on a small part of what the potential of resurrection life is. And so we want to fix that. We want to, we, we want to do this. By the way, can, can, I tell you, can I tell you something? As uh, the pastor here at Life Church, if you don't know me, you might not know this, but I don't want anything from anybody. My desire is not that anyone would come here so, you know, so my life would be better in some way or so I could get something out of anyone. I don't want anybody, any, anything from anyone. Honestly, what the Lord has given me, what He has given me in a relationship with Him and forgiveness for all the stupid things I've done, I'm good. I'm good. If, if that's it, that's the end, I'm laughing. I want you to, I, I want you to know if there are things, if, if I can do anything for you, that would, be, that would thrill me all day long. Jesus said, freely you have received, freely give. And it gives such great joy to be able to speak truth and pray and help and minister to individuals. And if you've ever been told that, if you've ever said, well, they just want your money or they want something from you, they, that's a lie. There might be a rascal out there that is that way, but I don't even know who it is. So uh, it's, it's a lie of the, of the enemy to keep people away from God. He wants to bless you. You don't even have anything really to offer him. I mean, he's God. Other than he wants your, a relationship with you. I mean, he's blessed by that. If you believe in him, he's pleased. But, but everything he does, it's for our benefit. It's all, that's why it almost sounds too good to be true. But yet here we are. Man, God's so good. He wants to do good things in all of our lives. Now, how do we activate this resurrection? How can this life be made known? How can it get away from it's just a spiritual thing in me to what affects my soul and body? You know, your soul is your mind and your will and your emotions. How can that life affect me in, in that area? Um, I, I know from Scripture, the, the, the Bible tells us like over in Romans chapter 8, that it is... Um, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. All right? So there is a law called sin and death, but you need life in Christ that kills it, that takes sin and death out. In other words, if I'm living under the law of sin and death, I'll be affected by death. I'll be influenced in my thinking, in my understanding, in my decision-making, in how I act, and how I deal with life. I'll be influenced by sin and death, and there's things that go along with it, like fear and discouragement and disease and, and poverty and all that kind of stuff that Jesus bore and Jesus was resurrected over. That all has a heavy influence in my life, but this spirit of life in Christ makes me free from it. 
Everybody with me? And so I want to see how this works. So, so many individuals have said, man, the things I do in my life, I don't want to do them. But I, man, I kind of ticked off at myself. I do this. I act this way. Then I feel bad about it. And then I do it again. And then I feel bad about it. And I try to fix it with everybody. And I repent before God. And then I do it again. And, and, and so many times people are living in, living in that cycle. And it almost, uh, you know, it almost makes itself keep happening. There is an ability in every believer, it's called resurrection power. It will put you over that. It will spin you out of that cycle to where you'll start having mastery over your circumstances. You'll have mastery over your own emotions and your mind, and you'll make decisions that, are, that come from a place of life and victory as opposed to a place of death and defeat. All right, and, and, and how, how are these things activated? This might surprise some, but for a, a big part of this comes from Matthew 28. Can I, I'd rather just read it to you from, from Jesus' words. Matthew chapter 28. See, your resurrection must be real to you. Uh, what do you mean my resurrection? I thought we were talking about Jesus' resurrection. no. We're talking about us together. Yeah, he was raised, but you were right there with him. Yeah, raised up, seated together. But my resurrection from the dead needs to be real to me. If it's not real to me, it doesn't mean I don't have it. doesn't mean it didn't happen. doesn't mean God didn't freely give it to me. But if it's not real to me, I'm not going to take advantage of it. I'm not going to live in the fullness of the power of it. I will live continually in a place of death and defeat and struggling even though it belongs to me. In Matthew 28, man, I'm excited about this. Feels like I've done this before, but I'm still working. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus said, this is after he was raised from the dead, but before he was seated at the right hand of the Father, he gave some instructions before he left. And among those instructions, here's a small part of it. He said, verse 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Look at this. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Do you see how he connected their making disciples to, to, to baptizing? Now, he didn't say, this is not the full picture of just conversion. Because how many know someone can receive Jesus and not be a disciple? They're a convert, they're saved, they're in the family, they're going to heaven. But disciple comes from the word discipline. A disciple is someone who follows the Lord close every day. They pay attention to all his words. They pay attention, they follow his spirit. They, their, their life is one of discipline, meaning they're in control. Remember fruit of the spirit, self-control? Some people, they live out of control. These people are in control. The Spirit of God enables them to do that. They closely walk with the Lord. They're not just forgiven of their sins. They're not just going to heaven. Their life is blessed. They're tight with the Lord, right? And, and, and this is a good thing. He said, how do you do that? Well, the first thing he told them to do was to baptize them. To baptize them. That's talking about water baptism. Why would he say that? Why is baptism so essential for a person to be a disciple of Christ. I want to tell you why it is so essential. This is one of the key parts. 
Many have tried to follow the Lord without this. Others have gone through this as a religious ritual. They have been baptized and it was because that's what you're supposed to do or that's what someone told me I should do or for some other reason, but they didn't get it. Do you know this? That being baptized in water is tied to the resurrection of Jesus and that the mighty power that raised Jesus from the dead is actually released in a person's soul and life when they're baptized in water. You see, God never intended for us to just be busy with religion. You've got to do these things and do this every Sunday and make sure you, you know, take communion and go to church and be baptized and, and do all these things and say these prayers. To what end? How, do, how is the Lord pleased in any way if we are just busy doing religious stuff? I'm telling you, He's not. He's not at all. Not in the slightest. But, and if you, you've got to strip away all man's ideas, by the way, because... But if someone does something like that, that he instructed for his reason, and it's tied to an understanding of what Jesus did for us, then you can see God's intention was to insert and inject power into that person's life. He wanted to transform. He wanted to revive. He wanted to make new. He wanted to heal, to fix, to mend to straighten up, to make a life amazing. And that's why he said, do this, participate in this, practice this, whenever you do it, do it this way. Are you with me now? You see how human beings are often so quick to substitute a, a religious practice and leave the power aside? And, I, well, I did that. What do you have? I have a certificate. Well, nothing wrong with certificates. We give them. I have a certificate. Is that all you got? A certificate? I got the picture too. They gave me a t-shirt as well. That's all you got is a t-shirt and a certificate? And I want something more than that. I, I, I'm in this for something better. I'm in this for something eternal. I'm in this for something powerful. And if I'm not going to have an experience with God, if I'm not going to have him intervene in my life to cause me to be what I cannot be on my own, to enable me to do what I could never do on my own, then I'm not signing up, man. I'm not signing up for a bunch of activity, a bunch of busyness. Show me how I can meet God in this. Show me how I can receive of His love and grace and how these things tie together. And if I can see the connection, I'm in. Why? Because everything I know of Him makes sense. Everything I know of Him is better. Everything I receive from Him makes my life better. Yeah. There's a word in the Bible called uh, the Greek word baptizo. Baptizo. You know what it's translated as? Baptized, yeah. Well, you guys are good linguists. Uh, it means to immerse. It means to submerge. It means to overwhelm. Um, actually, the Scriptures tells us that when a person comes to Jesus, they are baptized. 
When a person gets saved, it's actually called being baptized. No water involved. No water. When you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you are submerged. You are immersed. You are whelmed with Christ. You get placed into, just like someone would put someone into water, you get put into the body of Christ. Yeah. So that's one of the ways the Scripture refers to a believer being baptized. They get put into the body of Christ now you're in. You're fully in. You're in the family. You get access to the refrigerator. It's, uh, you're, you're in, okay? This is a nice place to be. But when we talk about, when Jesus talked about being baptized in water, you get that same picture. I was out, and I'm submerged. I'm immersed. I'm well, overwhelmed with this, this water. And, and that's the word that they used. When a person gets baptized in water, a saved person, remember, spirit's alive, Soul, kind of funky. Body, you know, in whatever state of age or condition, whatever. But a person gets baptized, it has a salvation effect upon the soul. It does not have a salvation effect upon the spirit. Do you understand? When a person gets born again, salvation hits their spirit and they're made alive in Christ. They're a part of the family. They're in. That's by confessing the lordship of Jesus. But then when a person gets baptized in water, if, not, if they're not doing it just religiously or out of a, some kind of practice, if they're doing it because they see the connection to the resurrection, what happens? Salvation impacts their mind. It hits their soul. It has an effect upon them. That effect is going to play out every single day in your life going forward. That effect is going to cause you to make decisions different and to experience life on a totally new level, not talking about heaven, talking about here. Uh, over in, in 1 Peter chapter 3, I want to read you a verse here. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 21. The context is talking about Noah and the ark and the great flood. And then there is a comparison made here to baptism. Look, this is the Amplified Bible. It reads, And baptism, which is a figure of their deliverance, meaning Noah and his family, does now also save you from inward questionings and fears, not by the removing of outward body filth or bathing. We're not just interested in taking a bath. Uh, some should, but that's another subject. That's a totally different issue. Uh, but by providing you with the answer of a good and clear conscience, inward cleanness and peace before God, because you are demonstrating what you believe to be yours through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Why should a person be baptized in water? It is tied to connected to in their mind the resurrection of Jesus when it is it produces something it's the answer of a clear conscience it releases a person from inward fears and all that kind of stuff it, it you access the very peace of God there's a whole bunch that God was intending to do when someone would go through a physical exercise that would demonstrate a spiritual resurrection This is what we would call in Scripture types and anti-types, all right? Bible's full of these. 
meaning something happened in the Old Testament, and it was called a type, and in the New Testament, you find the antitype, all right? One of them is right here, Noah's Ark, baptism was the, uh, uh, that flood was the type. All of wickedness stayed in the water, drowned in the water, righteousness came out and stayed. Everything that was bad, gone away in the water, everything that was good came back up to the top, and, and so, so the unrighteousness no longer had an effect upon the righteous, yeah? So that's type anti-type. Another one goes like this. It's Israel being a slave nation to Egypt for 400 years. Uh, they, saw, they celebrate Passover still to this day. They just did, right? Nation of Israel. That, what's that talking about? Passover has to do with their deliverance from Egypt. Remember the ten plagues and how Moses went in? I want you to consider what took place there. Type, anti-type. What's the type? Egypt in the Bible there is a type of sin. Slavery. Bondage. It's the old life. It's a, a life outside of, of, of God's pr salvation and protection and provision and all these things. Israel was a slave to sin and bondage. But God sent someone in there to help him. That's Moses. Moses is a type of God. So God came in to uh, deliver and pronounce judgment on Egypt, but he came in there to deliver his people, the Israelites, from the, the bondage of sin and slavery. Yeah. And he did. What's that called in our lives? That's salvation. That's being born again. Okay? So he led them out, and, and Moses led all of the Jews out of there, maybe, maybe three million people out of Egypt, and they went on their way, heading to a place called, anybody know? What? The promised land. All right, he, he promised them a place, a land that was flowing with milk and honey. It's a place of abundance, of prosperity, a place where God's blessings were unhindered. And it was a wonderful, trans to, wonderful exchange to go from slavery to that. Wow. But something happened in the middle. They got out. They're saved. They're free. They're no longer slaves. They get out of there, and they run into a big, fat body of water called the Red Sea. What happens when they get there? They turn around and look, and guess who's coming? Pharaoh and his armies. And Pharaoh is going after them. Why? To bring them back into slavery. Bring them back into bondage. This is very common for a believer. Someone gets saved. They give their life to the Lord, and they're, woohoo, I'm free. Hallelujah. And they're going on their way, heading into God's best, going to enjoy God's blessings and God's promises. But before you know it, the enemies of the past are trying to bring them back. I tell you that their old life, people start calling. All of a sudden, these temptations start coming, and everyone's saying, hey, come back. Hey, come do this. Come with us, trying to bring them back into their old life. What needs to take place in order to stop that? Here's what needs to happen. They need to go through the water. They need to go through the water. The water is baptism. The water is their final deliverance from the enemies of their soul trying to bring them back into a place that they were already freed from. 
And you know how it went. Moses stretched out his rod and the Red Sea opened. Israel went through. Pharaoh and his armies tried to go in after them, in, go in after them but they drowned in the water. They were left there in the sea and Israel went on free. You know why so many, so many people receive the Lord and then stop right there and they seem to struggle and they go back and forth and they never get real and complete and total victory? One reason is because the resurrection that took place in their spirit has not yet affected their soul. They don't know how free they really are. They don't know the power that's really been invested in them. And this is why the Lord gave us a perk, a benefit, a help. He said, listen, if you'll go through the water, it'll come alive in you. It'll make a difference. It'll change the way you look and think and see things. And you'll walk out of there freer than you've ever been. And those enemies of the past, they are going to drown in that water. They're staying there forever. I had an experience with God years ago because I had been studying this very thing. And I was saved. I was filled with the Spirit. I was growing in the things of God. Everything was, for the most part, everything was good. And, and I kept looking at this and hearing this and studying this. What about the Red Sea and about baptism and about the old life and the new life? And, and honestly, I had already been baptized in water. Um, but I didn't really get it. I didn't really understand the power there and what was, what was supposed to take place. My heart wasn't wrong. I was right with God and it was okay. Uh, and I don't think the Lord was, Im was implying that I needed to do anything else. But I got to a point I said, I need to do this again. And I don't have a verse on it. I'm not telling you to do it. No verse says, do it again. If it doesn't work, hold them under for five minutes. I don't know. <laughs> I've known some people. I thought maybe that would help. All right, that's a different message. But I thought, I want to do this again. And so I, I talked to a person, a minister, and, and I knew him well. And he understood this subject very well. And I told him, I said, I need to redo this just for me. I want to do this again. Because I believe that God wants to do something in my life more than what I got before. And I just want all of him. And I want the fullness of God. And I want to... He didn't put this in there to take up space. This is supposed to impact me. And so I did, and we did, and I went in, and I came out. And, and at first, I was just cold and wet, and, uh, and I came out. But I was in faith. I tell you, I was like, praise God. Thank you, Lord. And immediately, I didn't have some great feeling. But right after that, all of a sudden, I noticed I would sit down in a room and, and, and be amazed at how quiet it was. And it wasn't quiet out there. It was quiet up here. I all of a sudden experienced the peace of God on a level I never had before. It lasted for days. It was like I could cut it out. Here's a piece of peace. You, piece of peace. <laughs> you should have some. And I enjoyed this. This was wonderful. This is powerful. This is the peace of God. I could live in this forever. Amen. Now, I didn't know it was going to happen like that. I just believed that God, anything that was slowing me down or hindering me or keeping me back or trying to put me back in Egypt or whatever it was, that's all staying in the water. Yeah. 
We're, it's, it's all leaving my life, and I'm going to walk in another level of freedom and victory. That was my faith. I believe this. This is the resurrection power of Christ in me affecting my life. And so I did. And that's how it happened with me. I've heard testimonies of others that went in sick and came out healed. Others went in addicted and came out, I no longer want that. And others that had different experiences with God. I think it's all valid because it's tied to the resurrection. And when Jesus was raised from the dead, it literally broke every curse and every bondage and every sin, every dark thing was broken. What I look for in life is how can I take full advantage of all that he provided so it can be manifest in me continually. Hallelujah. <laughs> and so I did, and, and good, and oh, I, I tell you, it was, an, it was a wonderful experience with God. Amen. Amen. And maybe some of you have already had that, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. And maybe some need to be reminded of this. Uh, and be renewed in their thinking about what took place uh, maybe when you were baptized. Or, or others would say, others are most certainly in this situation, they say, show me some water, man. <laughs> Get me in the water, quick. <laughs> and wherever you are, uh, I want to help you. Wherever you are, I wanna, my heart is that you would experience God's resurrection power in your life. Not only in heaven, but in the here and now. And uh, you, won, you might have wondered uh, earlier in the service, uh, what was with all those people being baptized on Easter? Now you know. Because at the end of the first two services today, I said, hey, if you want to get baptized in water like today, I know you didn't come ready with clothes and all, you weren't planning on this, but if you want to, we'll do it. And about, you know, 20 people already have. And uh, yeah. So here's what we're doing. I'm, I, I, same thing's true for you guys, except we don't have a fourth service. I'm ready to do it, though. I got the, okay. <laughs> uh, it's two, two options. If I'm talking to some directly and you say, you know what, that, I need to do that. One is we are doing baptism services next week in all three services. So you can sign up for them today at the, here at the Welcome Center. Or if you say, but I'm like ready now, I'm sticking around. Soon as this service is over, if you want to get baptized today, you just come right on over here, and we'll set you up. Uh, we have shirts and towels, and even we'll loan you some shorts. And, uh, or if you want to go and do it in your clothes, fine. Go home wet and happy. <laughs> then we'll do, that. we'll do that right after this service. We'll have some musicians will stay and play, and, we'll, and I imagine some people would be... Uh, interested in just staying around celebrating with the you know won't, it probably won't be a huge number uh, if you want to do that today I'm happy to do that happy to stay alright if you want to sign up for next week good you can do that praise God I believe God wants to help us to live in victory he never intended to hold back the benefits of a resurrected life until we die and go to heaven he wanted us to be alive today live free and enjoy the land of promise land of His abundance. Praise God. Let's pray today. We hope you enjoyed this message. Find our other messages on iTunes or visit our website at lcboise.com and follow us on social media, Life Church Boise. Thank you and have a blessed day.